Psalm chapter 103. Psalm chapter... Brother Rich, you didn't preach on this recently, did you? Okay, good. You, you may still pre teach on it, but um, I got that first. And I'm only going to talk about one verse, so... Psalms 103, we're going to actually, we'll read down to verse, verse uh, number 6. Uh, but when you find it, stand our, our, our text this, this afternoon, it'll just be verse 1. Uh, but uh, maybe verse 2 as well. Okay, verse 2 as well. And I won't be adding any more. Psalms 103, verse 1 and 2, when you find it, stand. Starting in verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagle's, the Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. Thank you. Divine fortress, shelter in a time of storm. We have a haven of rest. Haven of rest, four verses. My soul in sad exile was out on life's sea, so burdened with sin and distress, till I heard a sweet voice say, make me your choice, and I entered the haven of rest. I've sail the wide seas no more. The tempest may sweep or the wild stormy deep. In Jesus I'm safe evermore. I yielded myself to his tender embrace and faith taking hold of the I'm safe evermore. The song of my soul, since the Lord made me whole, has been the old story so blessed. Of Jesus who will save, whosoever will have a home in the haven of rest.
evening, whatever it is nowadays. I, I was traveling all day yesterday, so it must be uh, the jet lag from driving back from Boston. <laughs> no, no jet lag. Not that fast. Actually, just drove a good portion of it. I was too tired. Uh, she, that's, 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 it was jet, jet lag, what it was. <laughs> I don't want to get myself in trouble. I'm thankful for, for, uh, I'm thankful for our church. I'm thankful for our church. I'm thankful for my salvation. I am thankful for what God has done for us. In fact, everything that we have and everything that we are uh, is due to God's grace, and uh, we are to be thankful for it. Uh, we are coming up upon uh, this Thursday is Thanksgiving. Uh, we, we all know that we'll be celebrating that with, with you'll be celebrating with turkey. Um, my wife refuses to make turkey now that it smells like dead, rotten animals to her after COVID. Uh, so we'll be having ham at our house. Uh, but uh, I'm not thankful. Uh, well, I guess, I guess if I'm, she's going to stop making something. It'd rather be turkey than, you know, something else. <laughs> but, uh, but no, it's, uh, I, I'm thankful for all that God has done for us. And the truth is, we're supposed to be thankful. Um, it is very common and very easy for us to lose our thankfulness. Our text is Psalms 103, verse 1. But if you remember, there's a, an account in Luke chapter 17. And you don't need to turn there. It's a, a ten men come to Jesus, um, and they, they're seeking um, healing for their leprosy. And Jesus, in his kindness and his mercy, heals all ten, tells them to go show themselves into the, uh, according to the law. They had to show themselves at the temple uh, to show that they were clean and go and live their lives. And they all walked away, and they, on their way to the temple, they realized that the leprosy was all gone. And many of them rejoiced in it. They were they were, I'm sure they all rejoiced in the fact that they were clean. Can you imagine having a disease that not only was going to take your life, it was, had taken parts of your body, and leprosy was a disease that where your fingers and toes and noses and lips would fall off of your body because they rotted. Uh, uh, can you imagine having that and be healed of it? It kept you from your family, it kept you out of society, it, you, it made you lonesome and, and hated You'd walk into a city, and they would. You'd have to. You were forced to shout "unclean." If not, you were stoned or kicked out, or a mob would attack you because, uh, because uh, with stones, because they were afraid they'd catch it. And they were all healed. But the one said, the Bible says, one seeing that he was healed, turned back. And he said, says turning back, he lifted up his voice, and he began to praise the Lord. And the whole, he prayed, it says that he fell at his feet. I don't know how far he walked, but I want you to imagine this man healed. Just saying, thank you, Jesus. Walking back and then falling at his feet and saying, thank you, Lord. And Jesus' response is, I'm going to paraphrase, paraphrase it. If I'm, not, if I'm not wrong, weren't there ten of you? Where are the nine? They're all healed. They all received the, th the same thing, but only one came back and praised God and gave him the praise that he deserved. The same is, 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 is for us so many times. We rejoice in the good things. We rejoice in the blessings. We are, we are glad to have them, but we don't really give God the praise he deserves over those things. Tonight, I, I'd like to encourage you uh, through this one verse, maybe two, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. But in this one verse, in Psalms 103, uh, verse 1, maybe two, we'll, we'll look at both of them, I guess. But So that God doesn't count us as one of, the, one of the nine who didn't come back. Verse 1 of Psalms 103 says this, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Let's go ahead and pray.
Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word. God, I thank you for the account that we have of, of uh, those, those men, the, the one who turned back and thank you, Lord, we thank you for the word that we have here from David. And God, I pray that you would help us, help us to be a thankful people, help us to be a, a people who praise you. Uh, uh, Lord, help, it, help our, our place never to be taken by the rocks. Lord, I ask for your help. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Psalms 103, starting in verse 1. Again, we'll, we'll, look, we'll start at verse 1. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and bless all and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. And this, this message is not going to be very sophisticated. It's not going to be very, uh, very deep, but I do think it's something that is, that is needed uh, today. I believe it's something that's needed uh, for us as Christians, and for the world to see. The first thing I want us to notice is who we are to bless. Who we are to bless. This is point number one, Elijah. You're supposed to take these down, according to Dan. <laughs> who we are to bless. It says, bless the Lord. David writes this, and uh, he, first of all, the word bless means this. It's a, it, the, the Hebrew word means to kneel, to, to reverence, to, 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 uh, to benefit, uh, to, to praise, uh, to, to, to do something that, that shows our, our gratitude, our thankfulness, or our worship. And, and it says, we are to, or who, it says, uh, bless the Lord. Uh, the, the idea here is that we're not blessing each other. We're not blessing ourselves, uh, but we are blessing God for who He is. The word, the word Lord, there is the is the name of God. It's the the name Jehovah, and it, uh, it's uh, we're talking about the self-existent one, the the creator of all the universe, uh, uh, it's the the one who who existed before anything else existed. Uh, he was there. Uh, he doesn't rely upon anything else to exist. He doesn't need us. He doesn't need the world. Uh, but he loves us, and he, he desires our fellowship. Uh, uh, he, 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 doesn't, uh, he was not created. Uh, he is the creator. Uh, uh, in fact, the, the, I believe it's the book of Colossians says that by him all things consist. Uh, we're talking about our Lord and Savior, uh, the, the, the creator of everything, God. He is to be the one that we bless. It's easy to thank somebody who's standing in front of you. It's even, it's even easy to, to rejoice in, the, in, the, in blessings. Somebody just got a new vehicle. Were you guys glad that you got a new vehicle? Your life nearly collapsed. Uh, uh, you were, there, there's a, there is an internal just excitement when we get those things. But we need to, we need to direct that, that, great, that happiness, that joy, that gratefulness in the right direction. If I were to give you a new car, which I did not give you a new car, and I'm not giving you a new car, no. But if I were to give you a new car and you thank Brother Frank, I'd be kind of upset. <laughs> I'm not, you go ahead and thank because I'm not giving you a car. <laughs> but the idea is that, that, that we are told that we're to bless the Lord. Uh, a lot of times our thanks is put out for others to hear. Oh, I'm so grateful for this. We should be grateful for all of it. But, but who are we thanking? Are we, are we saying thankful? We're saying we're thankful just because we want others to hear us say we're thankful. Or is there real gratitude? Did we get on our knees? Did we pray and thank God for what he has done? Or is it, or is it directed for other purposes? Because sometimes it is. I can remember uh, when, when Elijah was, uh, was, uh, was still in, in utero and they told us that, that, uh, that my wife was having uh, a miscarriage. And talk about one of those fast prayers. It calls out to God. I remember praying and asking God, they're going to do, a, do an ultrasound and tell us one way or the other. And, and I said, Lord, please. And then we saw, I heard the little thump, 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 thump. That was not his head knocking on, on our womb. That was his heartbeat. It's like, thank you. I didn't walk around saying, hey, I thank God for this. Hey, I praise God for this. Now, there's nothing wrong with, with letting others, uh, but uh, 
My first, my first response was not, hey, I want everybody to know how thankful I am. Thank you. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul, who is it that we're really blessing? He is the self-existent one. He, he is our creator. He is the, the giver of all good gifts. We, are to, we, are, we can praise him and we can bless him for the gifts that he gives us. James chapter 1, 17 says that all good gifts, every perfect gift comes from the Father of lights. Uh, everything that you have, every breath that you take, every moment that you, every morning when you roll over and open up your eyes, that is a gift of God. Amen. And he deserves our thankfulness. But how many times do we roll over in the morning and groan and moan and complain? And, and we're, listen, I, uh, I, I, I've had some bad nights. I have a lot of bad nights of sleep. I'm just going to be very honest with you. I don't sleep very well. Uh, but that, that's, that's a medical issue. There, one day I'll be taken care of. I'm not trying to complain right now. Uh, uh, but I know, what it's, I know what it's like to just be tired and not feel like thanking God, wishing I could have slept a little bit more. But guess what? I'm thankful that I have a... I went to bed last night. I got up this morning. Because guess what? There were those that went to bed last night, and they didn't get up. I'm glad that I could stand up and get in my shower. And listen, when the shower goes cold because somebody took a, sh a shower that was too long, guess what? Thank you, Lord, that I have a shower to stand under because there are people today that don't have that. I got, you get in your car, the, the, the car won't start. And like, well, well, thank you, Lord, that I got AAA. Or a battery, a, a battery thing that I can jump my car, it may take a little extra. Or I'm late, running late for a meeting. Lord, I'm thankful that I've got a job and a way to provide for my family. Listen, I don't care what problem you're facing, you got something to thank God for. But the problem is we get so used to the blessings, we, they, they, we don't count them as blessings anymore. We, 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 we think we deserve those things. Listen, we don't deserve anything. Everything that's been given to us is a gift. And God deserves to be thanked and praised for those gifts. God deserves to be praised for his word. 2 Timothy chapter uh, 3, verse 16 and 17 is a very familiar passage. It's all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it talks about what is profitable for is profitable for, for correction, is profitable for reproof, for doctrine. For uh, I, I know I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing and I'm not putting it all in order. But God gives us everything that we need, the word of God, to equip us to do anything that he has called us to do. And, and on top of that, the word of God is a way of salvation. And listen, if, if, you, if, if we didn't have the word, where would we be? Let's think about it. Are we, are we truly thankful for the word of God in our life, even when it confronts us in our sin? So, well, I don't like how that feels. Nobody likes to be confronted in their sin. Nobody likes that feeling of conviction. But, but guess what I do like? That feeling of freedom I get when I confess my sin and I make my relationship right with God. And then there's joy in my soul. Why? Because I can now be back in fellowship with God because of his word. I'm thankful. Listen, there are places today that you, uh, there, there, there are nations today and people today that don't have the word of God in their language. We, talk, we, we, we fight over different translations and, and I, I'm not saying that every translation should be read. Or uh, We use the King James Version here. But listen, there are other countries where there is no translation of the word of God. And listen, missionaries, missionaries don't come in, come in here and tell you, but they don't use the King James Version over in other countries. You know why? Because the King James Version isn't in any other country. Because it was translated into English. Right? It's a translation. So they don't jump on some missionary because they, they use whatever other version. They use what they, what they have or they translate it themselves. I want you to understand that, 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 that we have the Word of God and it's something we should be thankful for. There are people, uh, reading about the Corey Tenboon who went into prison. As she was going into the prison camp, uh, she went from a work camp to a, a death camp, uh, a place where they expected her to die. And, 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 and the work camp, they didn't search their bodies too well. So, so what she was able to do was she was able to take her Bible. She had a small little Bible, and she wore it on a string on the back of her so that, so that uh, it, would, it wouldn't be seen because it would rest in the hollow of her back between her shoulders. And, and uh, she, she could wear that on the string, and nobody ever found it. But going into the death camp, she knew what they were going to do. They were, going to take their, they were going to make them strip themselves completely naked and walk in front of everybody. 
and they were leaving their, their old clothes behind, and they were going to have to put on new clothes. Uh, when I say new clothes, I'm not talking about nice clothes. We're talking about the, the prison dress that they expected her to die in because that's what she was supposed to wear. Going into it, she says, she would begin to pray. She said, Lord, you've given me protection so far. I trust you to do it. She said, but God, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. Please uh, help blind their eyes. And so, so they're going through this line, and, and, and uh, the soldiers are patting them down. And we're not talking about, you know, the nice gentle path that you get through when you go through uh, the TSA nowadays. They felt every inch of their body, making sure there was no jewelry or anything hidden on their bodies. And, and she's sitting in the line watching them pat every person down in front of her. And she prayed, and she said, God, place, place an angel in front of me so they can't see me. And, in her book, she, she goes, and I remember angels are invisible. So I said, God, block their eyes so they, they can't see. And she came up to the, the, to the line, and her sister was sitting in front of her. They patted her sister down, and she stepped forward. They motioned for her to go another step. And they patted the, the, the one woman before her down and the woman behind her down, but they didn't touch her. And she says, but they're going to take my clothes, and they're going to see and she had this instant sensation that she needed to go to the bathroom. And she looked at, the, 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 at the, one of the guards. She says, is there a bathroom? And the, the guard pointed to the bathroom. It was a place where they were to go in there naked. They were to shower, and then they put on the new clothes. And she walked in, and there was a pile of clothes. And she hid that Bible under the pile of clothes while no guards were looking. And she was able to go back out, and they stripped her naked and made her go in through there. And then she was able to find that Bible, put it back on underneath that dress. She goes, there's an obvious bulge, bulge that was there that anybody could see. But God blinded their eyes to it. They never did. See, well, I, I, I wouldn't dare do that. She, she was grateful for the word of God because it was the word of God that, that bore them through those years of prison camp, the years of that death camp. How grateful should we be for the word of God? There are places that would die to hold a copy, people would die to hold a copy in their hand, and we have 10 or 12 copies, and most of them are gathering dust. We can be thankful for the word of God because we have it. We need to be thankful for the word of God because of what it does. It feeds us. The Bible says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. So that's not as as emotional, impactful as, as, as hearing. Listen, what does the word of God do for you? Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. It is the word of God that works in us, and changes us, and sanctifies us, and makes us more and more like Jesus Christ. First John says, these things have I written unto you, that ye might know that ye have eternal life. It's the word of God that gives us that. We need to be grateful for, and thankful for his word and bless him for his word. We need to bless him for his work. Bless him for his work. Isaiah 40, verses 12 through 18. Turn there with me if you would, real quickly. I can't quote this one. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 12 says this, Who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and meted out heaven with a span and comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance? Who hath directed the spirit of the Lord or being his counselor hath taught him with, with whom took he counsel and who instructed him and taught him in the path of judgment and taught him by knowledge and showed to him the way of understanding? Behold, the nations are as a drop of a bucket and are counted as the small dust of the of the balance, behold, he taketh up the isles as a very little thing, and Lebanon is not sufficient to burn, nor the beasts thereof sufficient for a burnt offering. All nations before him are as nothing, and they are counted to him less than nothing and vanity. To whom then will ye liken God? To what likeness will ye compare unto him? The truth is, there is nothing like God. There is no one like God. There, there is nothing that can be compared. Uh, uh, his, uh, the, his work of creation it goes beyond absolutely anything humans could ever comprehend. We can't comprehend even the smallest part.
parts of his creation. Now we can measure some of them. We can, we can begin to diagram some of them. But to, to make them, to create them, is actually absolutely impossible. Uh, the, 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 we, can, we, we can make cameras, but cameras don't do the same thing the human eye does. Uh, uh, we, we can make many different things, but they're all just a likeness or a reproduction uh, and a very poor one at that of what God has made. Uh, you can paint a beautiful picture of a, of a, of a skyline, but every single day, listen, at that hotel that we were in here, we had a gorgeous sunset every single night. Uh, uh, the, the city lights, uh, the, the harbor was right there. It was absolutely gorgeous. But listen, it wasn't some painter that painted it. Uh, it was brand new every single morning and every single night. Uh, God did that. And God continues to do that. Uh, he deserves to be praised for his work here on this earth. But even greater than the work here on this earth is, his work, is the work of redemption that he did in your life. Think about where you were. We talk, we've been talking about this in Ephesians for so many times. But listen, it's never enough. Because the work that he did in your life and the work that he did in my life, the change that took place because we have been redeemed, we've been washed in the blood of the Lamb, we've been cleansed, we've been justified, we've, we have a home in heaven prepared for us today. Listen, we have reason to praise God. And not just because President Lincoln said in 1863, we ought to. I understand why they did it. And by the way, if they ever tell you that our nation was not a Christian nation, you need to read that proclamation. He understood that, uh, he understood that in 1863, in the middle of the, the, the war and the carnage that took place, uh, he looked at the bounty that God provided, even in the midst of all that carnage, and he says, well, of all these things, we need to thank our God in heaven above. Listen, he was a Christian man. I don't care what the history teachers tell you. Uh, uh, George Washington was a Christian. Uh, there, was, there, were, there were those that weren't. Benjamin Franklin wasn't a Christian, but he was best friends with George Whitfield. Knock your socks off. You know, what, you know how Benjamin Franklin became famous? It wasn't because he was so smart. Now, he was smart. I'm not trying to take anything away from, from, from him. You know how he became famous? Because George Whitfield was this preacher that came over from, 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 uh, from London, and he was the pastor for the, he was the chaplain, the pastor for the king and the queen of England. Uh, uh, he, he had a little chapel there right next to, the, right next to the, their castle there in London, and, and they would come, and, and he would preach. The, he was famous over there preaching, got, got saved, preached a new, something new that nobody liked to hear about, called You Must Be Born Again. Ever hear that? Yeah. Was friends with John Wesley, and, uh, John, John and uh, the other Wesley brother. I don't remember. Charles, thank you. I'm a friend of John. Charles was the hymn writer. Of course you do that. <laughs> it was, it was friends with, they went to college with them. In fact, they, they were part of a group called the, the, the Holy Brothers or something like that, the Holy Brotherhood. And they, they thought at that time, they were, before they were saved, that you could just do good works as long as you did everything right and tried to be as holy as you could be, you could earn your way into heaven. But one day, uh, uh, Jonathan Edwards heard a message, not Jonathan Edwards, John Wesley, I heard a message that said, you must be born again. Realized he wasn't saved. He got saved. His brother heard, this, heard a similar message a few months later. And guess what? He got saved too. Uh, and and, and their, their, their friend in a completely different area, uh, reading, the, reading the word of God, came across that passage where Jesus said, you must be born again. And over weeks and weeks of tormented fasting in his bed, finally came to the conclusion he wasn't born again and asked God to save him and was saved and began to preach that. So much so that he wasn't allowed in the churches anymore. First trip to America in the Newbury Port, which... You're hearing all this because I just learned it all. Uh, first trip for the Newburyport. Uh, uh, he goes into Newburyport, and they, like, this famous preacher from overseas has come, and they all invited him in their church. And he preached, you must be born again. Back in those times, that you were in America, everybody went to church. You had to pay taxes uh, for, your, for pews, and, uh, so you had to go to church. It, it, was, it was forced, and he preached it. There was 800 people in the first church, and, and 230 of them got saved on the very first time he ever preached to them. A third of the church got saved because he preached the gospel that they'd never heard before. And then he preached the same at another church. So I had a couple hundred there and a hundred and some got saved. Another church. Those three churches split because he had come in and preached a new gospel. And the people that got saved formed their own church because they were kicked out and they were cast out of society because of the, the, their new salvation. The, the old lights didn't like the new lights is what they called themselves. Something happened. When he came back, he was surprised when they wouldn't let him in the churches anymore. Because <laughs> he'd split the churches. One of the pastors would literally carry a whip around and 
beat people off, the, the ones that had left the church. America today is not what it was back then. There's a reason why we have, we have separation of, of, uh, of church and state. But I want you to understand that that work of God that, that he did in, in, in redemption, it just changed the lives of so many people that had never heard the gospel. They weren't what they used to be. Just like you're not what you used to be. Aren't you thankful for that? He's cleansed you. He's, he, uh, think about the mire and the muck and the, the filth of sin that you used to dwell in and think was okay. God opened up your eyes and you realize that's not where I want to be. And he washed you clean. And he set your feet upon a rock and now you stand firm upon the Lord Jesus Christ, firm upon the gospel, and, and you should never be removed from that. But can I, th- I say this? For all that he has done for you, for all that he is doing for you. And listen, and not just for what he is doing for you, because he's still working on you, amen? Uh, have any, are any of you perfect? Please don't raise your hand. None of us are perfect. We're, we're all prone to wander. We're all prone to fall because we still carry this flesh around. But we have a God who, when we fall, will pick us back up. We have, a, we have the Lord and Savior who sits at the right hand of the Father. And every time Satan accuses us and says, See, I told you he wasn't saved. Jesus says he's under the blood. Think about that. He's our, our mediator, our go-between. He's the one who stands there and, and says, no, he's ours. And for what he's going to do. So what is he going to do? He's going to come and reign. <laughs> what, we, what we see is, as, as life now, we think this is great. Hey, it's going to get a whole lot better. Have you read the end of the book? Uh, yeah, there is a period of tribulation in the Bible, but that period of tribulation brings about the, uh, um, the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. And once that reign is over and, and, and that thousand years is over and Satan is released, the final last battle and victory is, 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 takes place. There is a new heaven and a new earth, and we will be with him forever and ever and ever and ever. So he needs to be praised for what he has done. He needs to be praised for what he is doing. And he needs to be praised for the work in you that will take place because of the home that you have in heaven. We haven't even got through the first line yet. (laughs) We are to bless the Lord because of his way. What do you mean? David says it like this, his mercy endureth forever. Paul says it like this, God giveth more grace. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that we have a God who is good and loving and long-suffering and kind. So that we do, when I was a kid and I was playing soccer, we had had two coaches. One was Mr. Fairhurst, who was my favorite teacher, and the other one was Mr. uh, Williams. Uh, who's, who was uh, not my favorite teacher. <laughs> Mr. Ferris was, uh, was my favorite because he was just gentle and kind, and, and Mr. Mr. Uh, Williams used to threaten to rip, rip our arms off and, and beat us with the bloody end of it. Um, uh, teachers used to be able to do that back in those days. <laughs> Shows you how old I am. Uh, uh, that, was a, that was one of his common threats. Uh, not that he would actually ever lay hands on us, but that was, uh, it was more out of joke. He was a youth pastor as well. But, uh, but I want you to understand, uh, uh, he was strict. And Mr. Fairhurst would, was, 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 would show us grace. Mr. Williams made me run lots of laps. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many laps I ran. Uh, I would run laps so far, so many laps that it, I, I would throw up. It was, it was, it was. I ran a lot. I wasn't that good of a player. I ran a lot of laps, and I got in trouble enough in, in, in his class that he'd make me run laps because he's our soccer coach. Uh, so I'm glad we have a God of grace because His hand is always gentle, and there are times when He chastises us. Don't get me wrong. Uh, the Lord chastises whom He loves, and if we make mistakes, and I say make mistakes, if we sin against Him. He will chastise us, but he does it for the purpose of bringing us back. And, and listen, uh, it doesn't matter how difficult the chastisement is, it's all done out of love. Amen? As a parent, we should learn to chastise our children out of love, not punish them because we're mad at them. That's something that God had to teach, every, God has had to teach every parent. First time that that, that child would not listen, and you want to just, you can't do that, it's not a good thing, you don't do that. Do not abuse your children. Don't beat your children out of anger. Spanking is one thing. Beating your child out of anger is another thing. 
So I, I just want you to understand, I'm thankful for the way in which God works. Because if he worked in the way that I worked, I'd be in a whole lot more trouble. I, I may not be standing here today. I'd be in heaven, because he made us that promise. But he would have punished me a whole lot more when I walked away. We need to praise the Lord for his gifts, for his word, his work, and his way. Now, that's who we are to bless. Now, the question is, who is to bless him? It says, bless the Lord, back in Psalm chapter 103, verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul. David here is speaking to himself. We are to bless God individually. What do we mean by that? It is easy to be to to kind of hide in a group. As in a family, blessing God through the service of the Father. My children can my children uh, or any pastor's kids uh, need to be careful of or pastor's families need to be careful of something like this, or deacons, any family, honestly. If you have a godly parent, praise God for your godly parents, young people. But guess what? It is, it is not your parents' job to bless the Lord for you. It is not your parents' job to praise God for you. It's their job to, to, they are to praise God because they have you, not to praise God in your place. And sometimes we'll sit back and we'll rest in the fact that other people are really praising God while we go through the motions of praising God. So, so spouses, hus- husbands, wives, kids, don't rely upon somebody else in your family praising God. But praise God yourself. But it's not just for families. Congregations. Listen, praise God yourself. Don't rely upon the other people in the congregation to praise God. Don't rely on me as the pastor to be the one to praise God. The truth is, we should all praise our praise God. Amen. It's 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 not my just my job. It's not just just the deacon's job. It's not just any individual's job. It's all of our jobs to praise God. We're to praise Him individually, uh, personally. Uh, it's 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 it's. I think about not what God did. Well, I can't think about what God has done for us as a church, but I think about what God did for me as an individual. I think how God worked in my life, I, and I praise him for what he did in me. Uh, uh, God's desire is, the, is that we all praise him, and we can do that. We can do that in many different ways. Sometimes we praise him through music. I love it. when, uh, when I, I love that I get to... Play the guitar. I know I'm not that good at it. I, I understand that. But I, I can play, and, 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 and the Bible says, through strings. Mar- Marge plays, plays the piano. Uh, new deacon guy, James. <laughs> plays the saxophone. Right? The Bible talks about all the different things that can be used to praise God as musical instruments. But, but that's not the only way we praise God. We can praise God as we lift up our voices in song. Now, some people can carry a tune, and other people can't, but God doesn't care. He says, make a joyful noise. Now, that's actually not talking about singing. That's talking about shouting. Praise God. It's okay. You don't have to be from the south to to say amen. Would you cheer at a baseball game? Have you cheered at a baseball game? And if you've cheered at a baseball game but never said amen out loud in a service, then I wonder why. Shame on you. <laughs> Stop messing with me. <laughs> we praise God with our voices. We praise God by bringing an offering. Those, those gifts that we have. You know, uh, one of my... Uh, I, I, one of my children... Uh, come to Dad, I got money for the offering this morning. I had it in a little glass container. She, they could shake it, make all the noise. I didn't tell her to do that. I didn't mean to give it away. It was. I didn't say to do that. It's a choice. 
Now, sometimes they'll come and they'll say, Dad, I want money for the offering. It's not the same thing. That was her money that she chose to give. But that's part of our praise. That's part of, we give money back to God because he's given to us. It's, it's given out of gratefulness. And, and listen, it should never be, God doesn't want us to give out of uh, ingratitude or, or, or grudgingly. Well, I guess I've got to put my money in the tithe. We don't pass the basket anymore. You know, you can't even use that as an excuse. Uh, I'm doing it because, uh, if there's a box back there. Now, you might make a big... Oh, everybody see. Drop it in the box. Oh, nobody does that. But, but uh, listen, uh, just what are you doing? You're praising God. You're blessing God by being obedient uh, to, uh, and giving unto the Lord. Uh, listen, he doesn't need your money. He, uh, he, he doesn't need your money. I'm grateful you're given. It helps pay the bills. It keeps the lights on and heat and things like that and feeds my family. I, I, I praise God that people are giving, but you're not giving to me. You're giving to the Lord. And it's, and it's, so so it's, a, it's a way in which we can bless them. We bless them with musical instruments. We bless them with, with our voices. We bless them with giving. We bless them with prayer. prayer is, the Bible says that prayer is a memorial unto the Lord. Uh, uh, even a lost man was praying uh, in, in the book of Acts. And the Bible says that his prayer, prayers came up as a memorial before the Lord. It blesses God when we pray. So, so we come and we, we give, we, we pray, we sing, we play instruments. All that's done as a, as a blessing unto the Lord or can be done as a blessing unto the Lord. We serve in many different ways. Some people clean the church. Uh, uh, in fact, if you'd like to help clean the church, there's going to be a sign-up sheet. Uh, uh, we're going to kind of break things up a little bit. And If you want to serve the Lord in that way, uh, some people do. Some people serve teaching, in, teaching uh, Sunday school classes or, or many other different ways to do it. There's lots of ways to serve ways to serve God in church, but all that is done is done in order, or hopefully is done in order to bless the Lord. The, the problem with all of those things is all of those things can be done to serve the Lord or to bless the Lord, or can be done for a different reason. Now, while God will accept those things if they're done with the right spirit, That's the key, the spirit in which is to worship. And notice what he says there. Bless the Lord, O my soul. We're talking about the spirit in which you serve. You can do something because you love somebody, or you can do something because you hate somebody and you want to prove them wrong. You can do something because you love God, or you can do it because somebody's got to do it or nobody's going to do it. You can do something because you love God and you want to honor God, or you can do it because you want people to see that you're doing something. See what I'm saying? I can get up here and sing, uh, sing some song, Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder. I'm off key a little bit, I think. But anyways, I can get up here and, and, and I'm looking at Mars because she's the one who knows if I'm on key. But... I can get up there and sing and say, I, 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 I want to do that because I want people to see how good of a singer I am. I'm not that good of a singer. I'm not fooling anybody. I'm not going on any singing shows and going to win. I, I, I know it. But there are, there are people, no matter how good or bad they are, that have that as a mindset. Right? I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this job so somebody sees me do it. So I get somebody's attention. I get that hat on the back. And if you're doing it for that reason... That's not praise unto God. That's not service unto God. You've already gotten your reward. God, has been, God hasn't been blessed by it. If you're, the only reason that you give is because you think you, you have to, God isn't blessed by that. He wants you to give out of a willing heart, a grateful heart, a thankful heart. If, if the only reason you're serving is because, well, somebody's got to do it. That class is not going to get taught if I don't do it. Or nobody could do it as good as me. Then go find something else to do. Or, better yet, get your heart right. And realize it isn't about you. But everything's about the Lord. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul. I want you to look at a couple of verses with me. John chapter 4, verse 24. If you remember this, Jesus is speaking to the woman at the well. And he tells her in verse 23 that there's coming a day when we're not going to worship at the mountain, and you're not going to worship 
at the temple. But what are we going to do? John chapter 4, verse 24 says, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit. See, no matter what we're doing, God knows our heart. God knows the intention uh, in, which we're, what, in what we're doing. In, in the book of Isaiah, there's a, a chapter, I believe it's, I don't, I don't remember the chapter off the top of my head. I wasn't planning to mention it, but there's a chapter on fasting. And, and they are do, the, the, their prayer is, the Israelites' prayer is, Lord, we're fasting, we're doing everything you've told us to do, but why haven't you heard us yet? And it's, the chapter is God's response. And he, pretty much they're keeping the fast because that's the tradition. But then they're not truly fasting. They're, they're, they're continuing to sin, do their wicked deeds. Uh, a fast would be they realize that they're sin and they need to confess that sin and repent of it. It would be like you coming up to me saying, I'm sorry, I hit you. Yeah, I'm really sorry. He knows, the, he knows in their heart that there's, there's no... There's no grief, there's no sorrow there. Philippians chapter 3, verse 3. Philippians chapter 3, verse 3. Jesus says this, or Paul says this. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. God desires that we worship him in spirit. God desires that our motive be that it's spiritual, that we're blessing the Lord. It's, yes, we can bless him and praise him through all of those things, but God desires that we do it with the right intent, with the right spirit. One more verse. I just want to make sure I'm looking at the right verse here. Back for the next next point. Back to Psalms 103. Two more points, and we're almost done. And these are quick ones. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. We are to bless God unreservedly. It's all that is within me. Bless his holy name. It is our flesh that holds back our praise. Is it not? It's fear of what others will think. I read, I read the book of Revelations of how the voices will lift it up and they'll sound like the voice of many waters as, as they, they say, holy, 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 right? Hey, they're, they're lifting up the, the praise and glory uh, to, to God. Uh, only he is worthy. And listen, there isn't a voice that's held back. There, there is not going to be a person up in heaven when we get up there and say, well, you know, I don't really sing that well. You're like, I've got a new voice. It's a new heaven, a new earth, and, and a new body, a new voice. And you'll probably sound just like you do. But guess what? In our ears up there, that voice of praise will sound beautiful. Because we won't be held back with the flesh. We won't be held back with the fear. Uh, 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 there's a comedian, uh, Tim Hawkins, he talks about uh, uh, ch- there are some churches that raise their hands. And if you don't feel comfortable, what's the Bible say about raising our hands? Lift up holy hands. Does it not? When's the last time you lifted up your hands and praised unto God? Well, in my car when nobody else was looking. It caused me to run into the tree. I'm just kidding. Don't, don't do that. When's the last time we did that? Does the Bible not say? Well, that's a cultural thing. No, it's a biblical thing. Well, well you just start like this, right? Cradle the baby. Hold the baby. Just practice like this. That's from Tim Hawkins. I stole that one. Okay. There's all kinds of different ways. 
We do, what do we, I don't want anybody to see us. That's what that is. I'm just standing here. I'm not even going to sway because somebody might look at me. Now, I can, I'll say this. You can, you can go to the far end of ridiculousness with this stuff, okay? And I'm not saying that any of us should. I showed a, a video to the boys of a, of a, of a church. Uh, uh, I, I won't say what, what denomination of the church, but it was one of those, it was a Pentecostal church that got very worked up. I just, I just said it. Well, you were going to figure it out anyways. As I, as I began to describe how uh, the guy got up, began to sing, and then somebody jumped up and shouted, which I'm okay with, and, and another got up and shouted, and somebody's waving the Bible. Hey, you know what? I'm good with all that stuff. And somebody started running around, and I'm sort I don't really understand the reason behind running around, but I know, I know some people that do it, but okay, I'm not, I'm not going to make fun of them. When the, when, when the guy <laughs> took his suit coat, rolled it up in a ball and threw it and hit the guy in the face that was singing, then I, <laughs> I was like, okay, I don't really see how that honored God in any way. And then the guy that jumped in the baptistry, uh, uh, soaking, it was full, and gets out soaking with water and runs back. That, there's, there's no sense to that, right? There's, there's, there, there are extremes, right? You can go to the extreme and act like an idiot and say that you're doing it for God, and that's what that is. People are doing it because they want people to see them running around like that. And listen, I've gone to, I've gone to places where they'll say, listen, if you don't normally raise up your hands, then don't start raising your hands here because they don't want, to, they don't want you to be doing it just because you're caught up in the moment. They want you to do it because you're right. Listen, I'm not trying to, say, to, to make you do this. I want us to come to the point where we can unreservedly say, I just want to praise God, and I'm not going to let my flesh or my fear hold back. I just want to lift up my hands and glorify our Heavenly Father because He deserves to be praised. And the Bible says, lift up your holy hands. He deserves it. It's for Him, not for me. And we're not for you. I shouldn't have to be goaded into it. And if you're goaded into it, then don't do it because you're not doing it from the, with the right spirit. Remember, we're, we're to worship God with the right spirit. Don't do it because I, I, I said so. But, but listen, truly, just think about what God's done for you and praise him. Uh, I'll shout. I went to a stupid baseball game. I even hate baseball. I can't stand it. Now, I don't really hate the game. I like to play. But I can't stand watching it. On TV, I just fall asleep. It's like watching golf. I mean, really. They're just running around in circles. Uh, It makes no sense to me to watch. I can watch football because there's people running into each other. and At least somebody gets hurt once in a while. But but I went to a baseball game, which I don't like to watch. I I took the kids a couple years ago. I mentioned this before. I was just, I cheered because it was over. They were tied for the longest time, and they were like, it was like the 11th inning, it was like 2-2. Two to two. I'm like, come on, please, somebody. Inning after inning of 3 up, 3 down, 3 up, 3 down. I'm like, come on, somebody. And somebody hit a, a, a knocked a run in. I'm like, yeah! I didn't care what team it was. It did happen to be the Portland Sea Dogs, but I didn't care. It was over! I jumped, and I raised my hand, and I shouted, because of a stupid game. Because I wanted to go home. But we'll come to church. Or we'll hear some song that just lifts our spirits. God's good. Praise the Lord. It's not going to be like that in heaven. It's recorded that it's not like that in heaven. So, let's work individually, as God works in us, may God help us to to praise him unreservedly. Everything within me, nothing held back. Just praise and worship God. He deserves that. 2 Samuel chapter 6, 14, which is the the next verse. You don't need to turn there if you don't want to. Um, uh, You can if you'd like to verify what I'm talking about. Uh, But for sake of time, we're not going to read through. It's the story of of David bringing back the, 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 uh, the, the Ark of the Covenant. It has been not in, been in the temple. It's been not in the place where it's supposed to be uh, since since uh, Eli and uh, his sons had taken it to battle, and they all died. And, uh, it was taken by the Philistines, brought back into Israelites because God uh, God uh, punished the Philistines for a while, and they they sent it on back via a carriage and a cow, and and it's been sitting in and and outside of Jerusalem. And and David tried to get it back, but he did it the wrong way, if you remember. And they decided to put it on a cart, just like the Philistines did, and that is not the way God directed them to do it. And the, the, cow, the, the, the cow, the 
misstepped or they hit a thing, and because they were, one of them was afraid it was going to fall in the mud, Uzzah, I think it's his name, Uzzah stuck his hand out, and he died because he touched something that was holy. He wasn't supposed to touch it. The Bible says David was angry at God over that for a while. But when he did things right, when, when he spent some time thinking about what God had said that they were supposed to do, uh, man, they went out there and they, they, they began to worship God. They began to sing his praises. They, they sacrificed and they, they, they did everything they could. They, they put those poles on it like they were supposed to. And, and they began to praise God and they'd go for a little while. They, they'd set it down and they'd praise God some more. And as they were coming into Jerusalem, Dave was so excited. Man, he took off his kingly robes. Now, I'm not saying he stripped himself down naked. The Bible says he, put, he had on a linen ephod. Uh, he didn't want to be seen as king. He, uh, he just wanted to be seen as a, a servant of God and he begins to leap and to dance before all the people, not doing it so they would see him, but he was dancing before God. Because he was so overwhelmed. Listen, everything that was within him, who do you think wrote this song? Bless his holy name. Uh, David wrote this song. He says, everything that was in me, bless his holy name. Uh, uh, David held nothing back. So I can't believe somebody danced in. Number one, they weren't in church. But he was dancing in the presence of the Lord. Listen, you want to get up and jump? I'm not saying do some frou-frou, weird, wacko dance. You want to go ahead for it. Because his wife saw it. And his wife said, how dare you do that before the people? Like a vain person, a base person, took off your kingly robe and dressed like the rest of them. She never bore another child. And God cursed her because of that choice. We need to be very careful about how we talk about other people that are praising God. But we also need to make sure that we are praising God versus just doing it for, for the scene of it. We need, need to do unreservedly. Lastly, and this, this is it, this is the last point, resolutely. We need to bless God Resolutely. It says there in verse one of uh, three, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. He says, I want everything that is in me to bless God's holy name. The purpose of all this is to bless God's holy name. When we say that we are going to resolutely bless his name, it's a fixed purpose. I am choosing. I am not going to allow myself to be drawn away or distracted from. My purpose is to bless God's holy name. When I get up in the morning, I'm going to get on my knees before beside my bed and say, thank you, God, for what you've done for me. Thank you that I woke up this morning. Help me to live my life for you today. It's going to be, it's got to be, it's got to be something that I purpose to do because guess what? If you don't purpose to do it, you're not going to do it. Uh, if you don't purpose to do it, if you, if you don't set, a, set an alarm, or set, uh, you're not going to have time to read your Bible because guess what? Satan will fill up your time. Uh, you'll have things go wrong. and think, Guess what? It's not going to kill you. Uh, to, to take a few seconds to stop and bless God's holy name. He deserves to be praised. We need to, we, we need to sometimes we just need to not worry about the time restraints. And, 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 and I'm not going to ever preach for three hours. Don't worry about it. Well, uh, let me rephrase that. I, I'm not planning on ever preaching for three hours. So, so don't really worry about it. Uh, but if that ever happens, guess what? Why, is it, why are we so concerned about our timetable? Let's just stop and be honest for a second. If, if we do things on God's timetable, do you think there's always a schedule? I'm not against schedules. The Bible talks about we're to do things orderly, right? Uh, we're, we're, uh, there were in, in the Old Testament, sometimes they warned against th doing things, not in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, Paul warned against do doing things disorderly. It, it's good to have an order of service. There's nothing wrong with that. But it doesn't have to be two songs or three songs, a prayer, this, this, and this. Uh, and sometimes the best services that I've been in, there have not been any time restraints. The best, uh, you can ask Jess, she's in the nursery, she's not going to hear this. Uh, the best service that we have ever been in went on till midnight and had two preachers. My wife does not like to stay up past 8.30. And she will be very honest with you. Uh, and I'm getting to the point now where I need to go to bed around 9 because I can't stay awake anymore. But, 
But listen, she doesn't like to stay up. We decided to get a hotel room so we could stay there for the rest, the rest of the service. The guy went on, he, listen, the, the message he was preaching was not a message to us. It benefited us because we were blessed by what he was preaching. But it was, it was a, a message he was preaching specifically to a certain family. And he didn't intend for it to be, but that's how it came. That, that, it, was, it was to bless that family. It was to encourage that one family. But it was the best service we have ever been in. Because the Spirit of God moved in ways I've never seen before. We can't allow ourselves to get so caught up in our constraints and our, our, our set rules that we don't ever allow the Spirit of God to move. Because there have been times when I've come up prepared to preach a message, and guess what? God said no. And I said, what? I don't got anything else. <laughs> and God said no, and he put a thought into my heart, into my mind, like, Lord, I don't have, I don't have any notes for that. <laughs> I, I don't know what, God, I can, remember, I can remember walking back and talking to brother. It was back when uh, Becky's dad was here. And I told him, I said, pray for me. He goes, why? I said, because God gave me another message, and I'm not going to preach it if, uh, if somebody doesn't know about it. Because I'm scared. Because I, I literally had nothing but a passage and a thought. I'm not, I'm not saying this to, to, to whom I did not prepare that. I am not good on my feet. I, 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 God worked. God worked in that message. I'm telling you, he moved. It doesn't have to be. I'm not, I'm not knocking study. Believe me, there, there needs to be study behind it. But we've got to let God work. If you're teaching a lesson, uh, Sunday school teachers, and God, God points you in a different direction, follow the Spirit of God. But that needs to be the case for everything. It's, Brother Dan, it's okay for you to switch the songs up on me once in a while. I don't care. Marge will forgive you. <laughs> she'll hit you with a book, but she'll forgive you. I'm kidding. She won't hit you with a book. <laughs> Marge is a sweet, gentle lady. She wouldn't, she, wouldn't like, she wouldn't pinch you or elbow you or anything. She wouldn't do that at all. You let God work in us and through us and maybe not allow those time constraints to keep us from doing what God because listen that blesses God more. How many time how many how many pastors got up today and preached a twenty minute sermon that, that they had written down that they that they, they almost read it word for word. I'm not saying God can't work in that way. God can. The sinners sinners in the hands of an angry God was read by Jonathan Edwards in, in the dim light of a candle like this. And if you've never read that, if you've never read that sermon, which you can online, uh, a tremendously powerful sermon. People were so so moved by the Spirit of God, they were literally hanging on to the pillars, afraid they were going to fall into hell. That's how powerful the Spirit of God can work. Even in that, it, it isn't about the method; it's about the movement of the Spirit. But if we bind the Spirit, if we grieve the Spirit, if we hinder the Spirit in any way, listen, because of our lack of praise, because of our, because of our Spirit, listen, we will hinder what God can do. We wonder, why, isn't, why doesn't somebody get saved in the message? I don't know. Let's self-examine and see, Lord, is it me? I loved it when, I love it in the Bible when, when the, the, Jesus said that one of them was going to, to, to uh, betray him. And then he went on to tell them exactly who it was, and their question was, Lord, is it I? Instead of jumping on the bandwagon, he said, well, he gave him the sop. It must be him. I knew that Judas was a bad guy. Yeah, he carries the bag. It must have been stealing from him. None of them said that, though a lot of that's recorded later on, that he was a thief. But what they did all say was, Lord, is it I? Am I the one, Lord, that's hindering the movement of the Spirit? Did I do something or say something before the, before the service? Am I, am I grieved because uh, this, this person did that and I'm upset with them and I haven't talked to them about it? Uh, have I been fighting with my wife? Listen, God, we can, that can, all of that can grieve and hinder the Spirit. And when we come in here, we come in to worship. At least I hope we do. And if we're not here to worship, then what are we here for? Now, I'm not saying that so you just don't come back next week. I'm saying that so that you come back with a heart and a desire to worship God. Because it's, it's not about hearing the, the greatest preacher you've ever heard, because he ain't here. It's about feeling and hearing the moving of the Spirit of God.
Bible says this, and I'm done. Bible's closed. I'm stepping away. Bible says this. God inhabits our praise. God inhabits our praise. We want God to show up in our service. We need to come in with a heart truly praising him. With our spirits blessing his holy name. It's in the house of God that we get our hearts right. We can get our heart right anywhere. Praise, praise the Lord that the Spirit of God dwells in me, and I can get my heart right at home. So, so that means when I'm on my way in and I'm fighting with my wife, we don't ride in the same car. So it doesn't, that never happens. But we might get in an argument before I left. Guess what? I can, I can bow my head in the parking lot and say, God, I am sorry. I was wrong. And I can call my wife and say, honey, I was wrong. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I don't want to grieve the Spirit today. We can do that. Can we not? We, if there's something going on that we're struggling with before we get here, yes, we can pray and hope that the, the, the message ministers to us, and God may use that. But if, if you know what's wrong before you get in here, self-examine and say, God, I just want to bless you today. Is there anything in my life? And let God show you. Sometimes a few minutes of just quiet meditation, God will reveal an awful lot. But when we come in here, may we praise God so that God can indwell our praise and move in our, in, in our services. Let's go ahead and close in prayer. Father, God, I thank you for all that you've done for us. God, I thank you for who you are and, and for what you've done. You deserve to be praised. God, you deserve to be worshipped. God, in and of ourselves, the truth is we can't bless you. God, and I know that. Lord, I pray that our spirits would be so in tune with you that everything that we do would be to bring honor and glory to your name. God, that you'd be blessed and pleased as we come unto you. That we wouldn't grieve you. And God, that you would work in a great and mighty way in our lives and in our church and then through us as we minister to those around us. Help us to see the gospel presented. Help us to present the gospel and see souls saved. God, I pray that you would uh, just watch over us in all that we do. We love you, Father. We're so grateful for all you do. In Jesus' precious name, amen.